nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as sacrifice on the cross the shedding of his blood has been accepted by God the Father as a sacrifice for you and for me there is power in the blood of Jesus Christ alright return with me where brother Isaiah left us in 1 Peter 1 Peter chapter 1. Certainly I love this passage and have for a long time because it shows our need and it shows the provision that God has given us for our need. 1 Peter chapter 1. Notice in verse 20. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you. Talking about Jesus Christ. He who had in his body that precious, perfect, powerful blood. Who by him, verse 21, do believe in God. You believe in God? Praise Jesus. Praise him. Because it's by him that you believe in God. The God that raised him up from the dead, verse 21, and gave him glory. That your faith and your hope might be in God. And I would say, alone. In God alone. Are you resting this morning 
knowing that you are under the blood of Jesus Christ in the sight of God. That's pretty important. Hopefully we're not hiding behind Adam and Eve's aprons of of self-worth or self-works or pride or self-righteousness. But that we are under the blood of Christ in the sight of God. What does that make us? It makes us heirs along with Him. That's amazing, isn't it? Salvation is an amazing thing. Who by Him, verse 21, do believe in God that raised Him up from the dead, there's power, and gave Him glory that your faith and your hope might be in God. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. The truth. How do you obey the truth? Through the Spirit. Unto unfeigned love of the brethren. So see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Incorruptible seed. The Word by the Word of God. Again I say, which liveth and abideth forever. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That's what I want us to notice this morning. The word of God has incorruptible seed. And I guess that will make a title for this sermon. The word of God, the incorruptible seed. We know the 23rd Psalm. And we know that the Lord makes us to lie down in green pastures. As a shepherd would bring his sheep to green pastures. The green pastures are alive with life-nourishing nutrients. Right? Absolutely. We compare that to the Word of God, don't we? We do. Because spiritually, God makes us to lie down in green pastures. This Bible, we so neglect it, don't we? But it's so important to us. It's important to everyone alive. But it's so important for God's children to have because of the strengthening nourishment that comes from here. Those sheep, they graze in a green pasture. Well, why not a brown pasture? Well, a brown pasture doesn't contain the life that a green pasture does. Right? They eat green pastures because it's for them nourishing. It's what their body needs to function. The same is true spiritually. We see God's Word. We understand and we realize that it's for us because we've been enlightened by the Holy Spirit so that we realize this is the manna from heaven. This is food for those who are spiritually hungry. So, the green pastures again. I'll only visit this for a minute. They're green because of a process that God put in place. 
called photosynthesis. So what's the source or the cause or the origin of this life that's in these plants? Yes, they're planted in good earth with nutrients and they have water, but they turn green because of the sunlight shining on them, right? That's photosynthesis. God's Word is alive to His child. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit of God has shined in our hearts and made it alive to us. It's what we need, you see. It's the food that our spiritual beings crave and long for and must have to walk in this sinful life. God's Word is alive and it's incorruptible. Now men have copied it and men have translated it and they have corrupted it, but God's Word will never change. In other words, all of those don't count. This is the real Word of God written by inspired men of old, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. And they wrote down what He told them to write down. And God is so sovereign, so in control, that I believe every word He inspired them to write. Yes, there's been translations into English. But I believe that God has inspired the King James Version of the Bible too. It's the true Word of God. It's incorruptible. Oh, that we would realize that it's what we constantly need. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We read that up here in verse 18 and 19. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things and silver as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. That's the natural way for man to think. The normal uh, fallen mindset, if you will. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Again, perfect was His blood that was shed for you. For as much, verse 18, as you know, do you know that you've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ and that all of the gold and silver and riches on earth piled up in one pile could not save your soul or anyone else's? No deeds, no good works could purchase one soul. Why? Because God is not satisfied with these human sacrifices, is He? With the things that we do. Not for salvation. Who is He happy with? Who is He satisfied with? Who is He pleased with? Jesus Christ, His Son. He said it Himself when Jesus came up out of the water. When John baptized Him, He said, This is my beloved Son in in whom I am what? Well pleased. Oh, we need to dwell in Him, don't we? 
because God is pleased with him. And through him, he is pleased with us because he sees us through that blood. All right. Again, we need to see ourselves as being clothed in Jesus Christ's righteousness. He was righteous as God, of course, but he lived a righteous, perfect, holy life as a man. And it qualified him to hang on the cross for you. It qualified him to be the sacrifice that God required. His blood was perfect. It was not corrupt. We know that corruption is passed down to mankind through the man. There was no man involved in his birth. Praise God. And there was no corruption in his body. You see, he was accepted by God for you. Remember Jonah? Turn with me to the book of Jonah for a minute. Somewhere around Obadiah there. We all know the account. Most of us have been taught about Jonah uh, and the whale since we were children. So we remember in verse 13 it says, Nevertheless the men rode hard to bring it into the land, but they could not, for the sea was wrought. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. So remember, Jonah, he he's done gone to sleep, hadn't he? He wasn't worried. Jonah knew the Word of God. He knew exactly what God wanted him to do because he was God's prophet. God told him what to do. To go to Nineveh. But basically, Jonah didn't like the Ninevites. So I don't think he cared if they perished or not. He may have been looking forward to God destroying that city once he finally got there. But the point is, he knew God's Word, but he ran from the mission that God had set him into. He knew what God wanted of him. But he ignored it and ran from it, didn't we? We do that too, don't we? Absolutely. I'm a little Jonah too. Jonah learned a really hard lesson. And the account is in this book for us to learn from what he went through. What was the result of Jonah's running from God? Well, basically, God caught him, didn't he? God caught up with him. These men rode hard in verse 13 to bring the boat to land, but they couldn't. They worked hard. They worked. They tried to save themselves and Jonah, didn't they? 
They didn't want to throw him overboard even though he said, throw me overboard and, and God will stop the wind, stop the storm. They didn't want to do it. They wanted to save him. They wanted to save themselves and they worked hard. They rode hard. As hard as they could. Rowing for their lives. But they weren't making any any success, were they? They were not. Verse 14 says, Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood. They didn't want to throw him overboard. They knew what it was like out there. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. There's God in control of the situation. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. I think they believed. After what they saw, Verse 17 says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. What was the result of Jonah running from his responsibility, his obedience to God's Word? He was in the belly of a fish. Would you call that captivity? I would. He was in captivity. He was in the belly of a fish. Most all of us have cleaned fish before. We have an idea what that would be like. I don't think there was a bench in there with a light and a scuba tank. Nothing's impossible to God, but Jonah felt like he was in hell, didn't he? He did. He was in captivity. Verse 6. Jonah chapter 2 says, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. When the result of him running from God's Word, running from obeying God, and what God wanted him to do, when it finally sunk in, he remembered the Lord. We're like that. We're like that when we ignore our calling. We, we ignore, When we ignore the Word of God for our lives, we end up captive of the things of this world, don't we? We do. Our time is locked down. We make plans so that at, at five o'clock, this is coming on TV. I got to watch it at, at so and so time. I got to go do this and I got to do that. And what happens to my Bible study? It falls by the wayside, and I end up captive. But then the Lord reveals it to me. Hey. My soul faints within me. Verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came into thee, into thine holy temple. Oh, that we would study God's Word in prayer. 
because he's the one that reveals it to us. He's the one that gives us the strength through it. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. What was he saying? I'll obey you, Lord. I promise. Let me out of this fish's belly. I promise. I'll go to Nineveh and I'll preach the truth to them. That's what he's saying. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Is the word of God powerful? It said he spoke to the fish. And the fish heard his voice. He's the creator of all creatures, isn't he? Yes, the creatures are subject to him and his voice. And the fish spat Jonah out. Verse 9, he said, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have bound. Here's the realization. Here's the lesson learned. Salvation is of the Lord. And again, I would say alone. Salvation is of the Lord alone. All right. Let's go back to our text. I just wanted to chase that rabbit a little bit to see that God is in control. We will follow His ways. We will obey Him. What will we go through because of our neglect of His Word before we get there? I don't know. But I know that it's a natural human thing to do, isn't it? That's why we fight against that. All right. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 22 says, Seeing you have purified your souls. How do we purify our souls? In obeying the truth. The Word of God. How do we do it? Through the Spirit. Unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Let's look at Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And truth is and brings forth both of those things. Goodness and righteousness. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. The truth's important, isn't it? We need it, don't we? It's important that we prayerfully look into and study God's Word. Verse 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but re- rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. When we ignore God's Word and its messages to us, it's like we're lulled into a sleep, isn't it? By the things that go on in our lives other than this. 
See then, verse 15, that you walk circumspectly, wisely, based on your knowledge, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Wherefore, be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is God's will for me? And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands and as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Why? Verse 26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse it. How? With the washing of the water by the word. That's us. That's us, church. He has set us aside that he might cleanse us from these things that taint our minds. These things that cause us to pass over or ignore God's word and message for us. God always has a message for us. Anytime you open this Bible, He has a message for you. Oh, that we would look into it. We're renewed in the spirit of our minds. Verse 27 says, we're in Ephesians chapter 5, that He might present it, His people, the church, His family, to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. In other words, we're going to be like Him, aren't we? What's wrong with our world today? Our world's gone crazy. Why? Because we've lost respect for God's Word. That's exactly what it is. People want to live their own way. Lifestyle that they choose. But God's Word is always right. Always. His ways are always right. Our city, our nation, the world has left the Bible behind. And we see the consequences, don't we? Mankind is in captivity. What do we need to realize? What Jonah did. Salvation is of the Lord. Amen. And we'll preach it until we're with Him by His mercy, His grace, His strength. Amen. He is a great and mighty Savior. Salvation is only by Him.